Hello friends, welcome to the 8th house of astrology, ruler of occult, magic, mystery, and truth. Join me, Sarah, a developing psychic medium with a scientific mind, and my good friend Eliza, a tarotist and thanatologist, as we explore through the lens of the tarot, the healing hidden within the deepest and sometimes the darkest corners of the human experience. decks um yeah so uh what's the first one well the first deck i came out with was the fine lines um which is it was originally a book idea but this is my most popular deck um like it has it's just words it's like discernment versus judgment responsibility versus paranoia so this is oracle this is oracle this is oracle and i have a a workbook with prompts and stuff for them so there's 44 cards um and it's really it's basically shadow work (laughs) the way it turned out although that wasn't my thought my thought going into creating a deck completely morphs in multiple ways in the process of creating it (laughs) and then and i was like oh this is this is what i've made oh cool yeah it's all in the process, isn't it? It's all, yeah. Mm-hmm. My tarot deck. So my first one is, the, well, I wrote the well, guide. When, so when was that Oracle? Like what year? Um, that came out in 2018. Oh, my first tarot deck was children's tarot. Um, I knew about that one. That's awesome. Um, that idea I got like in 2014. I actually wrote the guidebook then. Um, I know the podcast won't show the pictures, but I'm showing you, um, well, we'll pick some of your favorites and like describe them if you would. Well, my favorite card. So the cards are plastic stock, which is nice. Really, actually it's majors only cause it's for children. Even though people, you know, I know kids can understand play with the full tarot. Um, but I wanted something that it's accessible. So I renamed all the cards. So my favorite one is number 16. The tower but i renamed it rebuilding and it's a little girl <laughs> she's in a classroom and she's making like a an eiffel tower out of you know like toothpicks or bits of wood and it's falling down and oh it's, it's great like, oh, no. I love and you that capture color. the expressions great um yeah. the, the teacher in the background and teacher she's in like the background, like oh no yeah she's got her <laughs> hands on her mouth like oh my gosh and the, the other kids are like their mouth ah, it's falling yeah, yeah it's very color. expressive and um, there's a lot of motion in it. Yeah. And then I like my death card, 13. I renamed it Change. And it's just a picture of a grandma holding a newborn baby and the mom in the background. It's like the I cycle love that. of life. Very simple. Yeah. I didn't want it, you know, death for children. <laughs> like, you know, like people screaming, kids screaming. Uh, I like my moon card. I named it Dreams. Little girl sleeping with moon. And I mean, I like them all. Uh, this is only a deck I didn't brilliant. do artwork for. I mean, I drew sketches and then I hired a digital artist to do because I nice. get it to look like a style that looks like kids did it or kids cartoons. Right. Um, oh, it's perfect. I this. I renamed Imagination and it's a little girl kind of leaning on her pillow in bed and dreaming about being an astronaut. It's me. I wanted to be an astronaut. Oh my God. I love it. It's one of the many things she wants to be. It's funny because people look at this, they're like, oh, that's you. And I'm like, oh, 
Did you want to be an astronaut? <laughs> no, but they say that looks like me. And I'm like, oh, well, yeah, I guess. I, I could know. see that. <laughs> um, but what I really, anyway, so my other tarot decks, <laughs> um, the next one I came out with, and I like repainted these over and over, is the medieval sigils tarot. Um, and I like, you know, I, I draw them and then I'd start making them perfect. I'm like, no, I don't want this to look like a computer drew these sigils. I want it to look like a medieval monk painted them. I even got tempera paint. Uh, it's, uh, they're all parchment backgrounds. And it's like, I want mm -hmm. it to look like as close as I can get something medieval. And I have made a few handmade copies of these. It's quite the process. Mm. Um, if anyone out there wants one, it's not cheap because it takes a long time to make. And so I actually stain cardstock to make it look like parchment. I don't have awesome. the handmade one here. Um, but the print one is really cool too. So they're all sigils. So because I had this idea, I was like, I wonder if I can make a totally abstract deck. Like, or I was just like, what would an uh, uh, like completely abstract tarot be yeah um, Ki that's kind of what I did like, well, so I, I yeah. get it yeah like, well what, what would I use and I was like oh sigils would be good that's a brilliant idea I mean it has the, oops, the the number and the element on the bottom but it's all symbols I don't I was like no words yeah right? like how can I convey that and I use different alphabets I use the angelic script I use um runes I used Oum or astrology Oum. i'm saying astrology. astrology so the astrological associations are there so if people want to like stare at it and break it apart they could find the pieces um but for the different alphabets i used um i just used the first letter of the one but often two keywords that i would associate to cover kind of the meanings of the cards like yeah let's finish that and then i'll be looking yeah, while you're up. looking that up is the scrying poetry tarot oh are you a scryer so, um of sorts yes well it's just <laughs> like looking in the mirror and looking into my own eyes like i would get insights and i think i've i've just since a kid just learn to scry into my own eyeballs <laughs> or just by yeah. into a mirror, just a regular old mirror in the bathroom. Um, so I would call myself a scryer, but not like sitting there with a crystal ball all day, every day, like woo, or in a pool of water, but I could do that. I think um, just not what I sit around doing all the time, but I called it the scrying poetry tarot um, because I want like the idea is that people scry into the poetry that's on it um so i made my medieval sigils tarot totally abstract sigils <laughs> nothing else no words uh not even a guidebook explaining the cards there's a guidebook that has like sample spread and talks about what they are but it's not like oh this card is this and the yeah. symbol because i want people to actually try to work with the symbols yeah. um and then i was like oh what would be the opposite of that i was like words so I have like uh, pretty papers, but for the miners and the, the courts, I use my grandmother's watercolors that she painted. She's passed on years and years ago. So wow. I was like, oh, it's pretty background. The first Can you show me one? one? I haven't yeah. seen it. Yeah. Uh, so this, the majors have oh, yeah, yeah. the, uh, so majors are oh. in haiku. 
I don't know if that's backwards for you. And then the minors are free form, but like what the H through 10, will, like, will you read one, form. like a major and a minor? Yeah. So here we have, that's right. <laughs> the Empress create blossom bloom. What is growing inside you labor pains of love. So this can be a great idea. reversal with that third line haiku hitch, right? Oh my gosh, um, that's brilliant. The minors, because it's free form, they're two to three lines, but again, ace through 10 creates a single poem. Um, oh my gosh. Order, so I can't do it, but I have ace of cups here and it's a seed of emotions opens up wide. Um, see if I can find another, another. Oh, that must've been so therapeutic for you to come up with these. Yeah, well, like they would come to me while I was walking the dogs and pushing the stroller right. the dogs of at course. the time. And so I just brought the notebook with me and I would just write things down and keep walking mm -hmm. the dog and pushing the stroller and picking up poop and all that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> the mundane, the magic yes. in the mundane. <laughs> yep. So the court cards are limericks. And these are the ones I wasn't sure were going to quite, quite fit on the mini cards, but it actually worked out well. They're beautiful. That's I want it. it. So the Knight of Coins here is there was a young chap hanging round who delayed and got stuck on the ground, but through patience and will, he no longer stood still, lest he'd stagnate and never be found. So there's, yeah, upright and reverse can those, whatever meaning needs to come through and someone could be like, oh, that word patience that stuck out at me. That's what I need to work with on that card. I don't know if that's possible, but right. not, but I was like, yeah, we're just really fun to do, but I'm working on an herb deck. Oh, nice. Just like herbal healing and that I'm drawing the plants. Um, and, but I want to combine like the, the medicinal profile with magical qualities. Mm -hmm. Um, but in a very practical way too, like I haven't written the guidebook yet. And often like, well, I mean, there's no guidebook for the scrying poetry tarot because it's words, but like I have like a lot of, and even the medieval sigils deck. I mean, there's not a guidebook for the cards, but there's a little, little white book inside. Like I often write all that out first, but this yeah, one is going herb by herb. Um, and then I don't, know if I'll really do this for all of them, but I've been playing with making paint out of the actual plant or the herb, the flower. Nice. That's a great so, idea. I mean, we just moved recently, so I've kind of been not working on that for a while, but I want to put the plant into the actual image. Right. So I've been working with that, as long, that as long as I can get some color out of it out of like the dried petals it's mostly the petals because yeah. it's the purple part or if it's just a green herb it's just going to be green but use its actual color to then paint in the line drawings that's so beautiful um, would you say you have synesthesia then so yeah when I notice it well one i mean i don't know if it's just being like psychic intuitive like i feel things mm -hmm. more. Mm -hmm. But if my eyes are closed and I discovered this, like when I'd be going to bed and I hear a loud sound, I see a flash of color and a pattern. Yeah. And okay. I was like, I probably, yeah, we have a very similar I'm awake, except there's other lights. And so it's not as noticeable. Yeah. Because I would say mine is more like that flash or what, but if my eyes are closed, sometimes it's a very distinct, sometimes intricate. Pattern. Yes. It has to be an, like an unexpected sound. And then it, I see it. And the, yeah. the, the, the colorful shaped yeah. flash 
inside my eyelids yeah. is more talking than the sound. And I'm like, what was that? And I was like, oh, and then I realized, yeah, I probably do this when my eyes are open in the light, but there's other light. And so I right. can't, there's distractions. I yeah. I see it so well. Yeah. No, so I have that exact you. same experience. <laughs> I, I have that exact same experience. And I think it is like, I get overstimulated easily with sensory input. Uh-huh. That could be why, but also it comes to me more when I'm in the dark and the quiet. Um, yeah. You know, so I know what you're talking about. Easier to see it. Right. Without all that other distraction around us. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe our dreams are like uh, naturally synesthesiac, (laughs) you know, because I think we're assigning like imagery to our feelings and yeah. 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 Do you have um, mirror synesthesia? I really just discovered this. Have you heard of this term? No. So, so it's when you, um, <laughs> I always thought I was just an empath. I, that's what I thought it was. Um, it's when you feel like with my dog, mm-hmm. what happened to her eye, I can't separate myself from feeling it, you know? Oh, I'm thinking um, like actual mirror. No, I know what you mean. Like I'll feel, yeah, I guess I thought it was highly empathic but like, yeah, I feel someone else's pain, right? A synesthesia, someone I'm close to either emotionally close to or proximity, physical closeness to, and I'll feel like pain. Like, cause sometimes I'll be like, Oh, my stomach hurts. What's wrong? Exactly. Yeah. So my daughter will call me and be like, you know, I'll I'll wake up with my ear hurting and she's like, I have a swollen gland on this side. And I'm like, yeah, exactly. Okay. <laughs> That's why I like eliminate like my own self and like treat myself. And then like, okay, it's somebody else. <laughs> you know? I have to be like, okay, where is it coming from? And then once I realize it's not me, then it goes away. Yeah. It's like I get yeah. the feedback. Like if it's not something like, it's like I almost, I take it more than they do. And, and it's almost like until they are good, mm-hmm. I'm going to suffer. <laughs> Sometimes it's like this whole aftermath. I'll take it on myself. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure I do that with my daughter, Mm -hmm. but I'm also an energy healer. So like if something's wrong with her, I'm working, I'll do energy work on her. I'm working to heal her. So I think that sort of like interferes with me just being like feeling hurt or whatever, if she is, Um, but emotionally, well, because we have conjoined moons in Pisces. So oh my emotionally, gosh. we're like really entwined. Yeah. And if she's not sleeping well, I'm not sleeping well. Right. And if I'm not sleeping well. It's affecting her. And she wakes up grumpy. You know? and, and so like, you know, if, if she's frustrated, I'm frustrated. And then I'm frustrated yeah. at her because she's being, you know, yeah. <laughs> talking back to well, me. And that, it just compounds everything, right? That sounds like mirror synesthesia, but it's yeah. like, yeah, I do it with mostly with people I'm close to and it, it doesn't have to be just, I mean, that must make it very intense to have the conjoined moon in Pisces, yeah. no less. Yeah. yeah. It's all I know though. So, <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. That's, wow. Um, yeah. so is there, I I'm totally swept you away like from you. Like she'll just what? randomly say, are you doing this for blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, how did you know that? Yeah. My, you know, my mom says the same thing about me that I used to like read her mind and it was very unnerving at first. Like, (laughs) um, that's how we got the name of the show because I, I have, um, the eighth house healers idea. Uh I have, I have, my mom's a cancer 
and her, and I have cancer rising. Okay. And so my moon is my chart ruler and it is in the eighth house um, okay. in Aquarius. But I just, I always thought, okay, that's still pretty late. significant. <laughs> my, my son is Leo and my son is in the eighth house. Oh, wow. So like I have those Leo qualities, but it's hidden and quiet in the eighth. It's uh-huh. working underneath. And I do kind of like, it sounds weird to say, I work behind the scenes, like, yeah, you know, which could be like prayers or meditation for things. But like, I feel like I'm working behind the scenes for whatever. Right. And then yeah, my yeah. moon is conjoined Jupiter, which is my rising Sagittarius ruler in Pisces. So they're deep under in the ocean. So like fire and water, <laughs> I, can be, I can be here on a podcast and talk and totally fine. And not like no one would say like, oh, you're super shy and introverted, but I am totally introverted and behind the scenes and back behind things and working as well in the subconscious and all that stuff. Yeah. Like, that's my world. <laughs> I know. I, quality it's lets the only... me have a YouTube channel and be able to talk and do readings or do this or whatever. Yeah. Um, I'm extremely shy and introverted, but then I, I was like, so what does that mean that I have? I, I guess that's my Gemini son is doing Okay. the outward yeah, stuff and the nice. communicating, but then Sun did you somewhere. finish? Um, I, I took you probably talk ground. So I went to yeah, massage please. school in 2000 in Seattle. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was did massage therapy overall for like 15 years, but I also, you know, learned other modalities, Reiki healing, energy healing. Um, and then after, after I stopped hands-on massage stuff, you know, I still was doing distance Reiki healing. And then I got, I started doing professional tarot and astrology as and doing readings, you know, to be paid for, um, like in 2006, maybe five, I'm always confused on (laughs) around there. Um, and then eventually that took over, but I always saw it as connected to helping people heal in some way whether I was helping them physically heal, like worked on right. a lot of athletes. I worked on the university athletes and some Olympians even, um, or energetically healing, which helps physically and emotionally or through a tarot reading or astrology reading, helping people heal emotionally, psychologically in some way, spiritually, like to me, it's all under the umbrella of healing. Mm-hmm. I had to come I to realize that I thought it was like a cult, but then I was like, it's all healing. I had that same yeah. kind of like, yeah, yeah. It's all healing. It's all in some way energy work. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I've n- I I didn't get into tarot and astrology to predict people's futures. Right. Inevitably, those things come out in a reading, depending on the spread you lay out, and people ask questions like, "What's going to happen here?" Um, a lot of it is just really reading the present energy. What's at mm. play? Yeah. And this is what will happen if what's at play is not changed in any way. Mm-hmm. Now, astrology, because it is kind of the study of time, like it can, it, I'll say more predictive things come out in readings because over and over I've had people say, oh, you predicted that right. And I, th- I just think to myself, but my goal was not to predict things. It was just mm-hmm. to see what's the energy in your chart, what's the, where's the best path for you to go at this time in your life. And this is where it will likely go, but you can have some influence over it. 
Um, and some of the healing of like tarot and astrology is just reminding people that they are in the power of their life. They, they are, mm-hmm. they, I mean, yes, there's outside influences and things we can't necessarily control, but you have some control too. And life, Free just, will. Mm-hmm. life doesn't happen just to you without mm-hmm. like, you're not just like a passive blob there and life right, is happening. Right. To you. You're an active participant in the whole right. world. And so you yeah. can, you can yet yeah, make a decision shift, even just a shift in attitude can change so much. Um, yeah. And even if like the same, like, oh no, that tower moment's going to happen anyway, you feeling more empowered or shifting your attitude or just realizing something or whatever. You made me think about how that tower yeah. moment plays out. You know? So with the, um, there's things that are like, oh, this is perfect and great. And people, you know, have that like depression of high expectations. Oh gosh, yeah. (laughs) Like everything in life has both of those. Right. And it's not being like, you know, rose colored glasses, overly optimistic, ignoring the bad, but it's realizing that there's both and they both Mm -hmm. are important in some way. And And like you said, not having that. Ones are lessons. Like, what can you get? Yes. What is the universe trying to say? uh, You need to change. Right. Mm -hmm. even um you know and I guess that's why I was looking for I'm I'm a meaning maker I look for meaning and that's why Mm -hmm. I'm interested in I I gravitate towards difficult situations so like with the people I would like to work with I want to work with people having disenfranchised grief where maybe they're feeling like they can't talk about it or something really, you know, suicide, thing, heavy things. That's, stuff. that's your moon in the eighth. Exactly. Yeah. So I'm grief and like, let's get right. down to the nitty gritty and figure this out. It's going to be rough, but we're going to do it. And also that it doesn't just happen for no reason. It doesn't happen for, um, so that's my, my, my need to make meaning and to feel better about what is this lesson? Because it's, there's gotta be a lesson in here and something of value, whether it's hard or not. Um, Yeah. But those moments, yeah, they, they, for the most part, I mean, there's some people's lives are in situations that are just, you know, yeah, bad. And yeah, they're not the people that you say, oh, look on the bright side, you know, oh no, yeah, with them where they're at. Um, Yeah. But for the average person, (laughs) average human being, or we could only say the average human being in Western American society, right? Because that's our experience, <laughs> right? Um, yeah, you have to try to see see the other side of things, or see what the lessons are. But I'm kind of like, oh, let's get into that dark, difficult stuff, and let's talk about it. <laughs> yeah, because that's, I mean, <laughs> it sounds weird, but that's where the juicy stuff of life is. Yeah, the yeah. real juicy stuff of life like the good stuff. And yeah. The, the deep meaning for um, a long time. And it, you know, it's going to be really hard, but you feel that's prominent in our generation. So we're gen X. Mm. I rarely talk to a gen X person. They're all millennials or they're all a little bit older, like, like millennials and boomers. It's never, you don't see, mm-hmm. Xers, mm-hmm. you know, it's we're, we're, we're special. We're, we're in the eighth house. We're hidden. Mm-hmm. Um, right. Well, back to Reiki. Um, so I've, I've done it. I'm through level two. And I, I, I just wanted to say like some of the experiences we're talking about, I feel a little more like adequate when I do distance Reiki. 
So I just wondered your experience with that. Okay, me too. So okay, yeah, it, talk about it. Because the person isn't there, and I don't have to do de- like deal with them. Like, oh, what is she like? The thoughts in their head of what is she doing? Blah, 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 you know, because mm-hmm. it can be very quiet. Um, behind the scenes again. <laughs> I yeah, like that behind, too. <laughs> exactly behind the scenes. Um, I tell them when I'm going to do their their session. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, right now I'm I'm sort of I'm on I'm. We just moved and I'm supposed to be writing. So I'm not doing any sessions yeah. right now. But normally, like I tell them the time I'll be doing it. I tell them, you know, it's usually really early in the morning, like before my daughter gets up or it's going to be in the evening, but I'm tired then. So I'll usually schedule like five or six. I'm a morning person yeah. too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and well, that's I have a rooster. My energy is <laughs> when my, my psychic energy is most powerful because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. uh, I'm psychically connecting to them at a distance. Okay. Um, and so I tell them when I'm like, if you're asleep, don't worry about you. They don't have to be doing anything, but often they'll try to just be like resting. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause on a random occasion, I'll be like, it's at when my daughter was in school, she's not in school cause we moved <laughs> right now. Um, then sometimes I would schedule them then. Um, but anyway, I'll tell them when, if they want to try to participate, but I like that. Yeah. It's, it's behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I just start, you know, I close my eyes or I actually sometimes take notes. It's almost like automatic writing, sort Mm -hmm. of, um, because I send them an email report. So I just started having my email up and I'll just write down a few keywords so I don't forget what happened in the session. And I just sort of visualize them on a treatment table. And sometimes I'll start with like traditional Reiki hand placements or I'll feel drama start at their head or their feet. If they give me a specific ailment that's bothering them, I might start in that area of the body, but they don't have to. I usually find it. I find something mm-hmm, connected mm-hmm. Right on. Yeah. So, um, and I've just learned to trust whatever I find, go with it. If they think I'm wacko when it's over, they'll go, but that's never happened. So right. I'm just like, and I just, I just, and I, I see them. I might see colors. I do see a lot of colors in my mind, mind's eye. And even when I did in-person sessions, mm-hmm. I would see color my eyes would be open but I wouldn't actually see it with my two physical eyes but I'd be right. like oh, there's like a yellow area here did you bruise this even though there wasn't physically any mm-hmm. yellow left mm-hmm. so I would quote unquote see color <laughs> um but with distance stuff yeah I, I and then like I might see these swirls or I might have a vision of them doing something or one time I was doing a healing session for someone and it was really weird because like they wouldn't, they weren't lying on the table, even though I, I try to start with that. I start out the vision that way. And then I just see where it goes. They were like standing there with their head turned, like being really shy. And it was all white and a little black, like black and white. Mm. And, and so like, I, I wrote that up. I was like, you were really shy at first. Like I couldn't, you wouldn't lie down. You were like looking over your shoulder. And, and then eventually I think she, I was able to get her to lie down and interesting. I get all the details. I keep them. I've never read, gone back and read them, but I've kept them just out of curiosity. Like someday I might want to go back. Mm-hmm. And most people respond and she had responded after. And she's like, oh my gosh, I am totally shy. Just like, like I picked out her, like it was her whole personality presented to me and how I, how the vision came to me. Yeah. Yeah. I, oh, I totally I get visualized that. Her. It's like, again, I start the vision myself. <laughs> you do shaman stuff. I'm like, my gosh, <laughs> do you find it similar as, as far as like that in distance Reiki? Yes. Like I call it my distance Reiki and shamanic healing. Oh, okay. Cause okay. I like, cause like standard, let's say Reiki healing, like you're taught 
you're not doing anything to the energy. You're just channeling energy. Down. Yeah. So and yeah, I was like, I hope you're going to explain this. Cause I have I was, never no, felt quite I've like changed the energy I've done stuff. And so yeah. like with the distance healing, because that is more like shamanic work. Cause I'm in a trance basically. Yeah. Semi trance. Cause I'm also like writing down keywords on my email. So when I type right. it up already, I know what I'm talking about. Um, yeah. Uh, like depending on the vision I see, I'll go in and change things. Like right. one time a woman had like, I, I, I found in my vision, a metal plate, like on her hip or something. And I took it off and I put it on the ground and it crumbled. Like I released some, there's some weight she was carrying energetic weight there. Like I go in and do things. And yeah. Yeah. Too, go in and like extract awesome. things. You have to be able to improvise based on what you find. Yeah. Yep. And so like, yes, I can do this Reiki attunement and they'll feel rested. And this is probably where the shaman stuff comes in, but I can go and alter the energy flow here myself and have a greater impact in healing this mm -hmm. person, you know um where standard reiki won't say that it's like you're channeling the energy of the universe blah blah you know it's just all but you know and they say you're not actually doing anything you're not altering anything you're the right. like channel the conduit whatever um but i'm like no you can you can change it. <laughs> like, yeah. But I think that, that, um, it kind of goes into the, like, can't curse, can't heal and ethics and responsibility of, we'll say shamans in this sense, or you could say healers where like people could be like, Oh, I can manipulate this. And it gets to their head. Like you have to be in a really grounded space. So I understand why it's, that's not taught it's also kind of out of the realm of reiki because it gets into shamanism mm. and it, it's like these these fine lines where people say oh you need to be initiated or you have to go through this or you have to have experienced this and it, it's sort of because it's it has to keep the average human in check where those things will get to their head and their egos and they right. could harm people gotcha so the, i mean this could be a 12-hour conversation this part like so it's it's yeah. Well, I guess I was like, so there's this tradition there's like, so I did the, see, and that's the thing is like, I'm just not a conventional person. I'm never going to remember <laughs> the exact symbols and tracing it. And like, it, that just became like a deterrent. And I don't want to think of it that way. I'm like, I, yeah. somehow this works for me. I get it. I'm able to do it. I'm able to affect change to, yeah. to offer healing. And I'm like, why would I let that like, no, you're doing it wrong. You're not following the rules kind of thing. Right. Like, yeah. And I'm like, but you have to never like that. Why would I, but why would I let that oh, stop me? when you can flex on the rules, you know, like with Reiki, I mean, you know, the rules don't steal. You'll go to jail. You don't flex on that. What you don't steal. Right. <laughs> There's that's right, kind right. of a, an important societal rule, but like things with the Reiki, it's yeah. I, I mean, I kind of saw it the same way and I was like, you know, cause it's Usu. <laughs> I didn't quite believe in it. Right. You know, well, I think there are maybe, maybe like the Dalai Lama, a few people in the world who can attune you into having some power, some ability to do something. But I think the average person has not gone through the personal experience and training to be of that like magnitude, of magnitude yeah. power to attune that, to do that. 
Like, has that, okay, has that Reiki master, like, go into meditation two hours a day, fast before certain rituals and whatever, you know, and really, you know, attained yoga cities, the yoga powers or whatever, you know, um, to impart power and abilities onto another person? Right. I know. I'm a skeptic. I don't think so. I think maybe there's, yeah, maybe the Dalai Lama, maybe, I don't know, some, some yogi aesthetics in the mountains yeah. of the Himalayas who don't even do that and don't care about it could do Right, it. right, right, right. right. It, and so I feel like us, you know, yeah. that we're more like that. We're more just like, don't, not to say we don't care about it. It's like, we just, right. it's natural for us. So we're going to be skeptical of like, okay, we paid to have somebody do this ritual. Like, what does that right. mean? Like, we're already like that, you know? Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. So.